Well, I'll tell you one thing. That song right there has got a message all of its own. Karen, thank you very much. You know, I want to thank our band for the job that they're doing. They're sounding so good. And uh, I just, my heart just, it, it, it gets to where it needs to be listening to some of these songs that they're singing. It's moving my heart. I hope it's moving yours. It should be. And, uh, <clears throat> but before we get into the message, there's a couple things here I feel like I need to say. Uh, we've got some people missing this morning. Uh, as, as all of you know, Curtis and Sue Sherwood, Sue buried her mom yesterday in Brownwood, Texas. And, uh, so Sue is home today in April. She's there with her. They've got a bunch of company that she's taking care of. But uh, I know that Sue would say thank you for your prayers and everything and just the support that, that we give her as she was going through this time of uh, burying her mom. Uh, I had a chance to go over there the other day before the service and have prayer with her and and just talk with her for a few minutes. And uh, Sue is a strong lady. She knew that her mom, it was, it was getting that time that she was going to go home. And I think Sue was ready. You know, we think we're ready and prepared, but when that time comes, we're not ever as ready as we think we are. But I know that, that, that Sue knows where her mom is and that uh, she'll see her again someday. So y'all still just keep them in your prayers for their peace and their comfort as she goes through this time, this morning period, and uh, she, she, she'll come out of it, but she's going to always have a, have a great memory of her mom. So, uh, And then something else, uh, Friday, I went over to Weatherford, and I got a chance to visit with Martha Brown. She is in the, it's called Weatherford uh, Health Care and Rehabilitation. You know, she failed, broke a right hip, and she had surgery, and uh, while I was there, they were doing some therapy and stuff on Martha. We had a good visit, and uh, so uh, y'all keep Martha in prayer, and as, we, as, as I was there, she also asked me, said, Bill, if you get a chance, can you go see JB? You know, JB's not here either. JB's starting to fall quite a bit, and he's having some problems, so I'm going to go by and and CJB and have prayer with him and uh, just see if he needs anything or how he is he's doing because he always depended upon Martha for everything and she's going to be in that rehab several weeks to come out of it so y'all keep Martha and y'all keep JB in your prayers if you would and uh, had a chance Roy and Pat they got into their new home and uh I got a chance to go over there the other day, and we had prayer in their home as we blessed their home, asking, you know, God's presence to be there, that the demons be kept out of that place. I had to laugh because I said, well, do you think they'll let Sam come in now? And uh, I said, well, if she gets here, her key don't work. You be sure and tell her we, we, we prayed that the demons couldn't come in. And so, But Sam's not here either. She's visiting with her her daughter, they're having a baby shower for her today down in Heiko, Texas. 
And so y'all keep Sam in prayer too and, and a safe travel. And uh, so anyway, Roy and Pat's home is going to be okay. We, we blessed it. We anointed it with oil and prayed over it. And one other thing, I had a good friend that I think I told y'all about named Tommy Roden. I went to school with him. He was in the hospital. He had a, like I told y'all, he had a, a brain bleed. And he had to have two different surgeries. But he's doing real good now. And uh, he's still at the hospital. They say he may get to come home either tomorrow or Tuesday. But they're doing rehab on him in the hospital. And he said, be sure and tell the church, your church, thank you for their prayers. And uh, so it's been kind of a busy week. And, uh, <clears throat> but I just got to thinking about, about something. And this message that I put together, I've entitled it, Put Your Trust in Jesus. You know, I don't know what we would do if we could not put our trust and our faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we, Pat and I was talking this morning. Too many of us say, well, I want to trust in Jesus. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to have my faith. It's going to be in Him, whatever He wants to do. And yet, why are we still trying to tell Jesus how to do it? Why are we still trying to tell Well, Jesus, now you need to do it like this. This is what we need to do. When Jesus already knows what he needs to do. When we put our faith and our trust in Jesus, that is what we're to do. We're to place our faith and our trust in him and not in ourselves. And I got to thinking about it. I didn't put it in here. But there's a, the over in Proverbs, it tells us, and I use it a lot, but it's Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all ways, and then he will guide your footsteps. But it's putting our trust and our faith in him, believing that he can take care of any problem that we have. And he can. You know, really, that is one of the reasons that he came was to give us comfort. He came, now he knew he was leaving, but he made plans. Him and the Father talked this over, I'm sure and made plans that when it was time for Jesus to go back to heaven and be with the Father, that something else was going to take place. What did Jesus say? He said, I shall not leave you as orphans. I'm always going to have some way of taking care of you. Well, whenever Jesus went back to heaven, he said, I'm going to pray to the Father, and the Father will send you another comforter. You know who that comforter is? That's the very Spirit of God himself, the Holy Spirit. Each one of you, that day you accepted Jesus Christ into your heart as your Lord and as your Savior, you also received something else. You received the Holy Spirit of God on the inside of you. He's your comforter. He will lead you. He will guide you. And that's what he says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Wherever you are, wherever you go, that Holy Spirit is there too. So you're never alone. And uh, to put our trust and our faith in Jesus is to put our trust and faith in him. Say, Lord, I've got my ideas, but I'm sure yours are a lot better than mine. And just turn it over to God. Quit trying to tell God how he needs to do it. Can you, you know, I, sometimes I get to thinking about that. I can see God in heaven right now just kind of giggling, shaking his head and saying, Oh, if you only knew if you only knew what you're trying to tell me to do. No, put your faith and your trust in God 
Let him take care of it. And I'll guarantee you it will work out for the very best when you let him do it. And uh, But I'm going to start out here. And like I said, the title of my message here is Put Your Trust in Jesus. And that's where we need to put it. And I'm going to start out here with, just, with, with a scripture. And it's John 14, 1. It says, Let not your heart be troubled, or let not your heart be worried. You believe in God, believe also in me. He said, If you believe in God the Father, believe in me. I will take care of whatever you need to take care of. So Jesus is already telling us that he will take care of our problems and he, he will take care of our troubles. You know, many of us have put our faith and our trust in Jesus to what? To save us from our sins. But too many of us are trying to still handle things ourselves and Jesus is doing more than just, just forgiving our sins and taking care of us like that. You know, we've put our trust and our faith in Jesus because he has given us a promise. Do you know there's... I forgot how many now. I was going to look at. Uh, there is over 800 and some odd promises in the Bible that God has given. He has given us. There's over 800 promises that we can claim that God has already given. He said, believe upon me, trust in me, and I will fulfill my promises. Now, some of God's promises are conditional. What do you mean conditional, Bill? Some of those promises God also says, if you will do what I have told you, then I will do what I have promised you. So sometimes we have to do and believe in what God has said before he will fulfill the promise that he made us. So some of God's promises are conditional, and some of them are just outright promises for his protection, his love, his healing, his mercy. They're just automatic. So we need to get into the Bible, look what God's promises are, and see what we've got to do. Can we do it in just on faith alone? Or do we have to also do something else extra of what God has told us to do? You do this, then I will do what I said I'll do. And uh, <clears throat> But I want to look at two scriptures here right fast before we get into it uh, and, and it's just uh, believe in God and it says here in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 12 listen to what this says he, he is saying I know in whom I have believed do you know for sure in whom you have believed and what he can do in your life do you have the knowledge of what God can do and what he will do he said, I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded, or that I know without a doubt, he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. You've committed your life. You've committed your spirit to God. He's going to take care of that God. He's going to take care of that spirit. And on that day that we will all face one day, unless the rapture comes first, we'll all see death. He's talking about eternal life in heaven. God has committed that to us for all who believe and trust in his son, Jesus Christ. If we believe and trust in Jesus, we are guaranteed eternal life. Well, Bill, is there a scripture that says this? So glad you asked. I just happened to be the next scripture. It says, it's 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 through 13. 
And listen, they say, and this is the testimony, or this is the promise that God has given us that we will have eternal life, and that life is in his Son. And then these next two verses is what God is promising us. He who has the Son has life. Or he who believes in my Son and trusts in my Son has eternal life. He who does not have or who does not believe in my son does not have life. We've got two things right here. If you believe and you trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you believe he's the Son of God, you believe he died, that he rose from the dead. God said, if you believe this, well, man, said, well you mean that's all I have to do is just believe it and nothing else? I'm going to ask, I'm going to say something. If you truly believe in God and in Jesus Christ, you're going to want to live a good life. You're not going to want to go against the word of what God says. You're not going to go, uh, want to go against God's word and do the things that God says do not do. Too many people, well, I can just do what I want to as long as I believe in Jesus. That's not what God is saying. Too many people use this as still a, a way that I can sin and do what I want to and still go to heaven. You can't do that. When you truly believe in God, you're not going to want to sin. You're going to want to obey God. You're going to walk with God. You're going to do what God says to do. Otherwise, I have to ask, do you truly believe? And I think God looks at it like that too. If you don't do what I've told you to do, do you truly believe in me? If you don't truly believe in me, then your sin is still hanging on to you. You're not forgiven of it. And then he says... Uh, Excuse me. Here in verse 13, he said, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. I've written you these things to tell you these things, that you may know that you can be positive and without doubt know these things, that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. The thing about it is believing in the Son of God, trusting in the Son of God, believing who the Son of God is, and then wanting to obey what the Son of God says. We cannot use just so say, well, I believe, and then go about living our life in sin and doing the things we want to do. Because that's not really believing in God, because you know what God says about sin. I cannot look upon sin. I cannot bless sin. I will not bless sin. So when you truly believe in God, then these other things have to be done away with too because you know that this is not something that God's going to honor. You know, when we really think about our trust and our faith in God, we're putting one of the most important parts of our being completely in the hands of Jesus Christ. What are we putting in his hands? Our eternal spirit. Our eternal spirit. Our eternal spirit is the, that's the real person in us. This body in which we walk around in, the spirit lives on this side. This body is nothing more than a tent or a house that, that this body is living in or that the spirit is living in while we're here on earth. When, when we die, this body is going to remain here. And I've said this I don't know how many times. When we go to a funeral, we look in that coffin, you see a body. That is not the person. That is the house in which the Spirit lived in while they was here on this earth. 
That spirit is now at home in heaven. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So when we die, our spirit immediately goes and bees and bees in the presence of the Lord. When you look in that coffin, it's awful tempting to say, "Well, they're going to, they're, that man's going to be buried. How's he going to be with Jesus?" There's three parts of a man: body, soul, and spirit. That's what a man's made of. The soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your spirit is the real you. That's the inner man. The body, that's just the house that the soul and the spirit live in while you're here on earth. That body is going to perish. That body, it's like it says over in Ecclesiastes, for, the, for this body shall return to the dust from which it came, but the, body, but the spirit shall return back to God who gave it. God give us our spirit. When God breathed into us and created us, he breathed his spirit into us. See that? He said, in the Bible, when he said, we shall make man in our image. God's image is spirit. God is spirit. So when God created us and breathed life, that life-giving breath of his into us, he breathed his spirit into us, and that's what our true man is, is that spirit that's living on the inside of us. And uh, talking about, about, about the death, it says, the Bible tells us here in Hebrews 9.27, you probably all know it, it says, it is appointed unto man to die once, then the judgment. God says, you do have an appointment. We just don't know when that appointment is. It is appointed unto man. And then even in the Bible, it says, for God knows the day of our birth, he knows the day of our death. He knows everything about us. And he says, I have set up an appointment that one day you're going to come and you're going to be back with me if you believe in my son Jesus Christ and serve him. We are all one day going to die unless the rapture comes first. For all who believe and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, when the rapture happens, you are all, your spirit, your body, is automatically taken to heaven and on the way to heaven you're going to have something's going to happen to that body it's going to become what they call a glorified body it says you will have a body like Christ when he rose from the grave he had a different body it was a glorified body and that's the body that we're going to have and he says then on top of that he said the death in Christ shall rise first that's the people that's the body that's already in the ground. That body is going to rise up out of the ground. And then in there it tells us, it says, for, and the spirits God will bring back with him from heaven when he comes back in the rapture. Spirits, what spirits are he bringing back? He's bringing back the spirit of that body that died. Your spirit went immediately to be with God. But when Jesus comes back, those spirits that are in heaven with him, he's bringing back. Is that they will re-enter their bodies when they rise from the grave. And those will be glorified bodies. So, when he comes back, all who are still alive will never see death. They will just be automatically raptured or caught away. That's what rapture means. Rapture's not in the Bible, but caught away or, or caught up. Is what, is what the rapture means. And that's in the Bible. We'll be caught up into the clouds with Jesus and forever be with him in heaven.
So we, and that day should be about the next thing that happens on the timeline of the end times. Should be the rapture. There is nothing right now that has to take place or has to happen that Jesus Christ couldn't come back and get his church. There's going to be that time that God is going to look over at his son. Things are going to get so bad. Over there in Timothy, it tells us, for perilous times shall come upon the earth. He's coming back after us. And this, as all of us know, this earth is getting more wicked and wicked and more evil each and every day that goes along. And one day, God's just going to turn around, look at his son, say, go get my church, bring them home. And that's all it's going to take. Nothing else has to happen. Everything is in place right now. Jesus Christ could come back today before we ever left this building and take us home. So, there'll be one day that we'll die And, and then it says, then it says that we will, it's, it says here in Nineveh, it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. There will be a time of judgment for those who do not know and who have not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, you will not be judged because you've already been judged and found not guilty because Jesus took all your sins. You don't even have any sins. For now, in, in, in Romans 8, 1 says, For now there is no condemnation, there is no judgment in those who are in Christ Jesus, who walks after the Spirit and not after the flesh. So, if we have Jesus in us, we've already been judged. We've been found not guilty, and you have eternal life forever. And you say, well, who's going to be judged? The ungodly. Those who have not accepted Christ Jesus will be judged. They will stand before the great white throne judgment. And the judge is going to be Jesus Christ himself. Well, I thought it would be God the Father. Jesus says in his word, all judgment the Father has given unto me. God has placed the judgment in Jesus' hands. And Jesus will be the judge at the great white throne. And I'm going to read something here. It's in Revelations chapter 20, verses 12 through 15. It's talking about this judgment. Who will be judged? How will they be judged? And what's going to happen when they are judged? This answers it right here. These three scriptures... It says here in, in, in verse 12, it says, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. The books were opened. Do you realize that God has, a, he has recorded each one of our lives in a book? And I'm going to show you this here in just a second. And the books were opened. And another book opened, which was the book of life. The book of life is really the Lamb's book of life. If your name is in this book, you don't have to worry about nothing. You're in heaven. You will not be judged for any sin or anything else. It says, And the dead were judged out of the things which were written in the books according to their work. 
Notice it says up here, books were open. This is the books he's talking about. God has a set of books that he will judge you out of it says, according to their works. Listen. And here is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on and I'll come back and show you what I'm talking about. It says, and the sea gave up the dead who were in it, so those who had died at sea and buried at sea will rise up too out of the sea. Their, their sea was their burial. And death and hell should be delivered up and the dead who were in them. Death and hell will also be cast into the fiery pit. Why? Because once that judgment takes place and Jesus and we're there, there will never again be death nor hell. Will be any use for it. So it's going to be, death and hell will also be destroyed. Every man, he said, and they were judged every man according to their works. And then death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. God's getting rid of death and hell because in the new heaven, the new earth, death and hell will never again be there. It's gone. And then here in verse 15 he says, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Books. These books here have recorded, God has recorded everything that you've said, everything that you've done, and all your actions that do not line up with God's Word. He knows everything you've said and everything you've done. I'm going to show you here in just a second. And uh, here in, in, in Jesus also said in Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, that men will be held accountable even for the idle words, words they speak. What do you mean the idle words they speak? What are you talking about? Remember, Jesus has recorded everything we've said and everything we've done that is not according to the Word of God. Idle things that we've said. Lying. You know lying is a sin? Over in, over in the book of Revelation, it says, and all liars will not make it into heaven. Cursing. Every time you say a curse word or you use God's name in vain, it's recorded. He knows it. And blasphemy. When you start blaspheming the Holy Spirit and saying things against God, it's recorded. God can open up that book and say, okay, here on January the 1st, 1921, you said. He can read it out to you. Exactly what you said and what you done. God keeps records. He knows what we've done, what we've said. He knows our actions. He knows whether we truly believe, whether we do not truly believe. He knows everything we've done. So when we stand, so whenever we stand before God, He'll open the books. We don't want our name in those books. What we want is our name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. Your name might have been put in these books before you accepted Jesus Christ. But that day that you accepted Jesus Christ into your life, God erased all the things out of the books. Your name's not in those books anymore. 
the things you did or not in the Remember, your sins were forgiven you the day you accepted Jesus Christ. So your sins, all your sins have been erased. Your name has been taken out of the books and put in the Lamb's book of life that says if your name is in that book, you have eternal life. So God watches over us. He knows what we do. This is why we need to put our faith and our trust in God and live by His Word. Even though we've all sinned and are guilty before mighty God, yes, every one of us have sinned. It tells us over there in Romans, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us have. We've all sinned. But that's why Jesus came, was to remove that sin so that we could have our presence with God Almighty Himself. And even though we've all sinned we are, and, and are guilty before Almighty God, you can, we can still have the peace and assurance of what will happen when we die. When you truly have God in your heart and the peace of Christ and know that Christ died for you, He has risen again, and you believe this in your heart, He says you shall have eternal life. So you know if you've got eternal life, it's going to be in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father. <clears throat> so, well, how can I be sure I'm saved? You know, there's two places here and I want to read. First one is Acts 16.30. You know, God made salvation very, very simple. He did not make it hard. He did not make it difficult. He made it so every single person could understand what salvation is. Here in, in Acts 16.30 says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Wow, that's pretty difficult, isn't it? To believe on Jesus Christ, to trust that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, believe that Jesus Christ died for our sin, believe that Jesus Christ was buried, and then believe on the third day that God raised him from the dead. And now he sits at the right hand of God in heaven interceding for us. If you can truly believe that in your heart, you're saved. Another scripture we use here, and that's in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and who He is and shall believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. Notice something. It said believe in your heart. You don't say believe up here in your head. Believe. Know. Do not doubt. Know that what God has said is absolute truth that if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that He is truly the Son of God, He died for our sins to remove our sins from us. When, when, when God poured out all the sins of the world on Jesus Christ, and Jesus died, He took those sins to the grave with Him. They're not ours. They're gone. Ours are gone. You don't have them anymore. God sees you as sinless. It says that God looks down and he sees our righteousness. Not our own righteousness, but the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ. He traded his righteousness for our sin. He gave us his righteousness, took our sin. 
and then took our place on the cross. He took our place when he died. It should have been us that died, but he took our place, and he died for us so that we wouldn't have to. We can have eternal life through Jesus Christ. God had all this figured out. He had it all planned. Now we have to go along with God's plan and put our trust in him to believe and not doubt who Jesus is, to follow Jesus, to walk with Jesus, to honor Jesus, to pray to Jesus, and to walk with him. When we do this, God knows. He says, they truly believe. And he says, you believe in your heart. He who believes in their heart will be saved. It's, it's where you don't, you're not doubting, but you truly believe. And uh, <clears throat> I want to say something here. I, I, I just wrote this down. But it says, for someone who may not know what the word save means, you know, the Bible has a lot of little words there that some people that don't go to church, that don't know God, one of the words that they say, what do you mean, born again? Even Nicodemus asked that. What do you mean, born again? You can only be born one time. Well, that's not, no, you can. You're, you can be born again. That's when you're born into Christ and believe in Him. That's the second birth. That's the important birth. But to be saved, say, well, what do you mean be saved? How can, what do you mean be saved? What is he going to do, come down and protect me? Yeah, he's going to protect you. But listen to what save means. It says, the word save means to be delivered from the judgment which we deserve. You're delivered from the judgment where we truly deserve that Christ, that Christ took for us. And instead of God's judgment, we receive his grace, we receive his mercy, because of what his son, Jesus Christ, did on the cross. That's being saved. If God forgives that sin and doesn't give us what we deserve, but he gives us grace and mercy that we did not deserve. But that's his love for us. You know, the assurance that we truly have that we are saved comes from our faith, our trust, and our belief in Jesus Christ and his promise to us. Remember, I told you Jesus made all kinds of promises. So, when we're going through problems and troubles, why should we not put our faith and our trust in Christ? We're putting our faith and trust in him for our salvation and believing that. So why can we not put our faith and trust in him when we're going through problems, when we're going through the tribulations that this world brings against us? And uh, if we can believe in our salvation, why can, well, why can we not believe and trust in him and that he's walking with us and helping us? He is. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you, but I will always be with you. I'll always be near you. And I'm getting ready to close here, but he says, I want to look at this very first verse that we started again, that when we first started out. He says, let not your heart be troubled, or let not your heart be worried, let not your heart get in despair. But if you believe in God, believe in me and what I can do. I have made you promises. I will keep my promises. 
if you will believe and not doubt. You know, that's one of the main things that we have with that problem is doubting what God's Word says. Well, I know God said this, but, and like I've said before, the Bible does not say but. God, God said, I have said this, and I mean it. There's no but in there. You just simply do what God says and not doubt. And uh, these words, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, also believe in me. Jesus spoke these words to his disciples just before they were about to enter a very hard and terrible time, rough time in their life. Jesus was going to leave earth. He was going back to heaven. He wasn't going to be walking on this earth anymore, and his disciples would not see him. But they would have the Holy Spirit. So they were going to go through something without the presence of God. They were going to go through some very hard and tough times. But he's telling them, you believe in God, believe also in me, and don't worry about it, because I'm here with you through the Spirit. And, uh, but this was going to be a very, very difficult time in their life. And Jesus warned them that trouble would come into their life. You know, Jesus also has warned us, you will have tribulation. You will have problems. You will go through things. But he also promised that he would be with us during the time of trouble. He will be with us. How's he going to be with us if he's in heaven? What were we talking about a while ago? We are filled with His Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit resides in us. That Holy Spirit is with us. That Holy Spirit will speak to us. He will guide us. It will help us. It will, it will be with us in our times of trouble. It said, and the Holy Spirit had a name. It was called the Comforter. He is to comfort us and be with us during times of trouble. To give us the assurance, hey, you're not alone. I'm walking with you. I am with you. I'm here for you. Trust in me. And so he, he, he promised that during our time of trouble, he would be with us, that we can trust in him. So when we're going through troubles, trust in Jesus. And just like he was said to his disciples, instead of worrying about the troubles, trust in me. Are we trusting? in Christ. When things come against us, are we trusting? Are we believing? Are we doubting? Oh, in the book of James, it says, For he who doubts, do not let him think he shall receive anything. God says, Don't doubt my word. Trust my word. Believe my word. And I will fulfill my word. So trust in Jesus' word. Trust in his promises. Matter of fact, whenever you're going through something and you're praying, just automatically when you get through praying, just start thanking God. God, I thank you that you have heard my prayers. I thank you that you're touching me right now. Lord, I know you're with me, and I'm giving you praise, and I'm giving you thanks right now for the outcome, that you're with me and everything's going to be all right. So you're already praising and thanking God, and you had not even seen it yet. But God is seeing your faith. He's seeing that you're trusting in him. He's seeing that you're counting on him. And that's what God wants. So I'm going to ask the band, if they will, to come up. 
And if you're here today, if you're going through some things, you've got problems in your life, you, and, and, and you feel like that, you know, I need a closer, I need, I need to feel God's presence with me. Come up here. We've got altars that you can pray. Or I'll be down front. I'll be glad to anoint you with oil, pray with you. But if you're going through something today, put your faith and put your trust in God and believe that God will touch you. He will do whatever you need done. But I wanted to bring you a message this morning because I, you'd be surprised at some of the phone calls I get, some of the people I talk to, some of the questions they have, I can tell that they're not really trusting in God. And that's what I try to tell them. For you to get through this, your faith is going to have to be in God. Not man. It's like we was talking about earlier. I said, man will fail you, but God will never fail you. Amen. Never fail you. So trust in God. Give him the praise that he so rightfully deserves. Show him your faith. And say, Lord, I can't handle it but you can.